0: The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be entirely dedicated to reviewing the Bengals-Ravens game. Todd Pennington with Columbus-based Revolution Mortgage is the proud sponsor of the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. If you're looking to refinance into a very competitive low rate or cash out for debt consolidation or home improvements, now is the time with historically low rates. Todd should also be your go-to guy if you're looking to purchase a new home or get out of renting. So contact Todd Pennington at 614-390-9520 or visit revolutionmortgage.com slash tpennington for more info. Revolution Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 1686046. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Week 5 Review Baltimore Ravens, 27, Cincinnati Bengals, 3. That was rough. At least we didn't get shut out. I'm glad that we kicked the field goal at the end of the game. It's better than seeing a zero on the board. Best coaching decision of the game was when there was 8.21 left on the clock in the fourth quarter, and all we did was run the ball. I know we were down. It was 27 it nothing. You weren't going to score four touchdowns in eight minutes, no matter how hard you tried. So what we did is we protected Burrow without pulling Burrow. Because I was just thinking, get him out of there. Just put in Finley. I'm, I'm tired of seeing Burrow get killed this game. But I think Coach Taylor did it in a graceful way where I'm not going to pull him. We're just going to keep running the ball. I think they threw two passes from like the eight-minute mark on. And they were one was a screen and one was like a real quick pass. Although we did send Mixon to the dogs. I mean, they knew we were going to run it on every play. and. Mixon was getting pounded I mean it helped his stats if you want to look at it that way but that might be a case where you get in Samaje Pirine and let your backup running back get some work in and take a little bit of the the hits off of Mixon because they were just really keen on him at the end but regardless good decision to protect Burrow without pulling him another positive is we didn't give up points at the half we almost did there was a 61 yard attempt from Jason Tucker I thought he was going to hit it. I mean, he, he, the guy barely misses anything. But that was a good thing because I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks and it's been a trend of letting up points at the half. And in a game you're getting blown out, you figure the Ravens are just going to be one more team that does it to you. And Lou Anarumo called a good game. You know, it's really hard to contain Lamar Jackson. And you don't know, I mean, was it his knee injury? Was it the defense? Was it a combination of everything? Regardless, I think the defense played a good game and it was a well-called game and a well-schemed game. In the last podcast, I was talking about Brandon Wilson being a spy for Lamar Jackson, and Inarumo basically did a a hybrid of that, and he put in Phillips as a spy, and he played a really good game. So great decision there, and that actually worked with Lamar. You know, some of the negatives, um, obviously you don't want to get blown out by a division rival, and we looked overmatched, I'm not going to lie. We looked overmatched, and at times we looked like we got outcoached in certain areas, so I hope the Ravens didn't establish the formula on how to beat us. I mean, they had an early lead, so they could just send the house on every play. We had a lot of penalties on first down or unsuccessful first downs. So we can probably expect other teams to use that formula and blitz us with defensive backs and just send people from everywhere. And and then the biggest concern of the game, I I guess, would be the play calling versus the blitz. The The fact that we weren't able to get our protection straight. There was a lot of confusion even though they were getting crazy penetration, we were trying play-action, which I think is a really bad idea when a team is just getting to you that much. It's like the play-action is not going to work, or they're not even going to care about the fake. They're just going to keep going after the quarterback. So I would have liked to have seen some adjustments there. And in general, it was just rough to see us get out-schemed and just have no answer for one of our biggest rivals. And then you move on to the injuries. Unfortunately, I know we're looking at the worst week of the year for us. And now we got to deal with some of these injuries on top of it. Like DJ Reader. I mean, you can argue that he was our best defensive player up to this point in the season, and now he's out for the year. AJ re-injured the hamstring. They're saying Hubbard's going to miss some time. So those are pretty significant injuries, all three of them. So that kind of adds to a catastrophic week. And I don't want to get into this part too deeply, but you run the risk when you spend a lot of money in free agency. And if you think about it, the money that we put into Reader, Wayne's, even Mackenzie Alexander being injured, Suafilo—that's a lot of guys that you're paying. And even AJ Green with the franchise tag. There's millions and millions of dollars out there on guys that aren't on the field. So that's the double-edged sword with free agency. You can improve your team greatly and quickly, but if it goes bad for you, you know you end up losing guys and putting a lot of money out there, and you know that could be detrimental as well. So there really is no answer. I mean, if you ask me, I would say keep spending in free agency. You got to keep bringing in players but just a disappointment that all of those big dollar and big expectation-free agents are injured at this point. So moving on to Joe Burrow, he never had time to throw. You really can't even analyze his throwing performance in this game. He made several really good throws under the circumstances, though. I mean, the first play of the game to sample, he zipped in a few passes to Higgins. Obviously, you get a couple key Tyler Boyd receptions. So in the rare instance that he had time or could break away from a rush... He made some good throws, and he's going to learn from the interception. I don't. As long as Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt, some of these negatives are actually going to be positives for him in the future. Like, you haven't seen him do that flip forward pass that he did against the Chargers. And then he had the bad play where he was getting rushed, and he just slinged it up in the air, and he, and he had the interception. You know that he's going to be hesitant to do something like that again. So these are all learning things, and we're, we're a perennial playoff team. We're going to be glad that he got to learn these lessons in his rookie year. And the fumbles, same thing. You could almost get that feel. It was just a little too long in the pocket before someone was going to get on him. That internal clock will be a little bit quicker. It's probably a little bit slower now because in college, he probably did have that extra half a second or second. In the NFL, you don't have that. He's learning that. It's going to be a positive for the future. It's a shame that his teammate from LSU who was drawing back and forth with him all week was the one who did it, but whatever. Patrick Queen would have liked to have him on the Bengals. And there we go. We got another Ravens linebacker we have to deal with for the next eight years. Um, Then moving on to the deep throws, still an area of concern. There were two deep throws in particular that were off. So, you know, that's going to get the pundits out. And now they're going to say he's like one for 25 on deep throws or some crazy stat like that. That'll come with time and that'll come with protection. I'm not worried about that. And In this game, you can't expect anyone to get off a good deep throw against what he was facing. And that brings me to the last thing, and I've been talking about it for a few weeks. Everyone's talking about it, and I guess we're going to keep talking about it if it keeps continuing, and that's the pounding that he's taken. He's not going to last a full season getting hit like this. So I read the stats, and they give a certain amount of hits and knockdowns and and whatnot, but I, I go back and watch the game, and I look with my own eyes on what I saw. He was knocked down 15 times in this game. And there was another two plays, the quarterback sneak and a quarterback draw or scramble. So Joe Burrow hit the ground 17 times this game. You know, think about that. I mean, there's games where you used to watch the Patriots. I don't think Brady ever went to the ground, or very rarely. And this guy's getting knocked down 17 times in one game. And then he took eight hits. So 25 times total, he was hit by the other team. And that's just not good for your quarterback. Seven sacks let up. It's got to change because we got Pittsburgh coming in a couple weeks. They're going to follow the same blueprint, and that could be a, a, an injury-type game if if those guys have their way. I mean, they, look what they did to Drew Locke earlier. So we need to get these things corrected with personnel, scheme, anything, but it just can't continue like this. You know, we're watching this diamond of a player that we have, a franchise player. Everyone in the league knows he's going to be an elite quarterback, and... He's taking a pounding, which is it just feels unsavory, and it's just so not good to look at and, and see on a regular basis. It's like a Lamborghini at a demolition derby. Offensively, we came out in five wides, so I was pretty happy about that. We had an early success, and then that kind of died pretty quickly with the first punt. Then it was kind of never the same after that, truthfully. It's like they figured us out that quick. I mean, Wink Martindale called a great game. He kind of won the chess match with our offensive play caller, unfortunately. Higgins still showing that he belongs in the NFL. I love it. Boyd continues to make great catches. Not getting a lot of separation out of our wide receivers in general, though. You know, you had the pressure on Burrow, so that was affecting a lot of throws. And then you're watching where he's throwing, and the guys are right on him. And we faced elite corners, so I get it. But, you know, if we're going to criticize and get on the offensive line for protection, then, you know, we need to make sure the receivers are getting separation as well. And you can't really analyze great performances in this game offensively because we only scored three points and there was a lot of negatives going on. Our skill players were almost a non-factor in this game because of the struggles of the offensive line. And the offensive line, I could go on about all the plays and all the missed assignments, but in general, it was a combination of assignment errors. You know, like double teaming one guy and letting another guy run free. Sometimes those are schemed up, and the quarterback is just supposed to beat those pressures. But it wasn't working. Whatever their intention was, it wasn't working. And there were times where these linemen weren't catching guys that were coming in. They were just getting confused. That's rough to deal with. If a guy gets beat physically, what are you going to do? I mean, that's frustrating in itself. But if there's mental errors where you're having these free blitzers constantly, it's something that they have to get straightened out. And, you know, it is a young line for the most part, so they're going to learn from that as well. So we got to view that as the only positive that we can draw from this. But there was a couple things that do frustrate me, and I've seen them before, and it's guys not playing to the whistle. And it happened again, specifically with Bobby Hart, and it's happened with Michael Jordan. It happened in previous games, and it happened again this game. They think the play is by him or the play is over, and they, they stop locking. And then the guy gets a hit on Burrow. It happened again. I saw Bobby Hart do it. And I'm like, you know, first off, play to the whistle. You should be coached to play to the whistle. You should know to play to the whistle no matter what. And even if you don't play to the whistle, normally, if that's the kind of player you are, in a game where your quarterback is getting assaulted, maybe that's the game that you need to play to the whistle. There was one play in particular, Hart blocked his guy, kind of gave up, and the same guy pounded Burrow and knocked him on the ground. I'm going to probably do something on social media to show you guys what I'm talking about, but that's what frustrates me. You know, you can complain about a guy getting beat, as I said, but when guys are, are not hustling and... And your quarterback's getting popped to the ground as a result. Can't deal with it. It's got to stop. Moving on to the defense. Two players to highlight from this game. Number one, Darius Phillips. You really have arrived this year. In coverage, everything. You're just getting better and better. And what a way to use him this game. He was a spy for Lamar Jackson on a lot of plays. He blitzed a bunch of times. He made good plays in the open field. He contained Lamar very well on the whole day. He had two batted balls. Excellent use of him and excellent performance by him. So nice job, Darius Phillips. And Will Jackson. You barely heard his name during the game because he was doing his job. He also had that nice open field tackle on Lamar Jackson by the sideline. So excellent performance out of him a couple weeks in a row. So I'm glad that our corners are playing well. And then when Mackenzie Alexander comes back, we're going to be even stronger. Defensive line wasn't a real big factor against Baltimore. Again, Baltimore's so good in the trenches. I know Dunlap had the one sack, but it really wasn't a high-pressure game for us from the defensive line. And then two of the main ones got hurt, unfortunately. You know, with Reader going down and Hubbard leaving the game. And Gino, you can see he's getting his legs underneath him. I think he was in there for 17 snaps or so. I don't know if they called his name on any tackles. At least it was good to see him in there. And now with Reader out, at least we have him back. So hopefully he'll continue to improve week by week as he, as he gets healthier. Last thing on the defense is the linebackers. Again, Pratt, another good game. Bynes played a good game against his former team. Those guys made some sure tackles. They didn't give up a lot in the passing game. I know they had a bunch of rushing yards, but we really didn't let any individual person on that team really light us up. They had the one forty-two 42-yard sweep, so that added to their rushing total. But for the most part, you hold Ingram to less than 60 yards. You hold Lamar Jackson to three yards. I think you played a good game defensively. And a lot of that was the linebackers. And then you had Gaither and Wilson active again. So those guys are getting better and better. Nice to see Wilson get on the stat sheet with another interception. That'll look good for him. And he almost had his third of the year. You got to kind of make that play. But a lot of guys don't. And then they always say that's why they play defense. Because you don't have as good of hands as some of the offensive guys. But the Gaither play was pretty big. It would have kept us in the game, but let's be real. I don't know if this was a game we were going to win, even if he would have taken that back for a pick six or put us at the 15-yard line. But down the road, when you're playing big, meaningful games, those are the plays that you're going to need to make. And just a side note, kind of poetic justice, when Logan Wilson dropped the interception, Gaither kind of gave this like, oh, man, I can't believe he dropped it. And then later in the game, the same thing happened to him. So, And the safeties continue to play well, too. Jesse Bates, another good game, great range, good hard hits, really having a Pro Bowl type year. So I hope that continues out of him. And Von Bell's playing good too. Now, in the beginning, Andrews was lighting us up, and I had kind of predicted that because he's just a great tight end, and we struggle with good pass catching tight ends. And in the first quarter, it was like we had no answer for this guy. He was really doing a number on us. He had the touchdown in the end zone on Bell. It was so close. That was good coverage. It's, just, it's hard to defend against that when the guy is just bigger than you. It's hard to get around the body when you're defending as a smaller guy. So, you know, that'll go on his record as letting up a TD, but I don't know many guys that could have avoided that. And then it seemed like they figured out Andrews after that. If you look at the last three quarters, he wasn't doing much. So that was a relief. I mean, imagine the whole game, just watching the tight end, let you up down the middle of the field the whole game. So I'm glad they solved that. So there were some very good positives on defense. And I just want to make one final note on the defense with Covington and Khalid Kareem. Just backup guys playing really hard. I'm I'm encouraged about both of them. I mean, it was nice to get Covington. If we didn't have him, we'd be in a little bit of trouble, believe it or not, there. And Khalid Kareem, same thing. I'm happy we got him. I'm telling you, that's going to be a guy down the road that's going to constantly be in the rotation. He's going to have his big sacks and forced fumbles. You can tell he plays hard. He plays to the whistle. And I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him. I, I would say right now he's my third favorite rookie behind Burrow and Higgins. So lastly would be special teams. I always want to cover it. We don't spend a ton of time on it, but we went against the number one unit in the league and held our own. That punt coverage is great. Our blocking on on our punts and the kick, the one kick was good. So again, good job to Coach Simmons and that whole unit on both sides of the ball because special teams for us this year have been the most consistent unit. So what do you say after a loss like this? You put it behind you, and then we just say, We're on to Indianapolis. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode, we're going to bring in Colts expert, a writer for Colts.com, Andrew Walker. Tom McLeavy's going to stop in for another McLeavy minute, and Sands is going to come by to review the Ravens game and preview the Colts game. I'd like to thank @BengalsHighlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you guys should check out. And I'd also like to thank the Zedia Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast. You can find them at Zedia Network on Twitter or Instagram, and go check it out. They have lots of great podcasts on there. Your one-stop shop for entertainment. They also sell some really cool merchandise, so definitely check out at Zedia Network. And Zedia is just like the word media, only with a Z. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host Frank Laplaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast